0: Tonight in our family gathering, it is a little bit different. If you guys want to hang out at the table, that might. Oh no, wait, they're coming. Cool, I forgot. Sorry, you're right. My bad. I was getting the eyes like we got it, Philip. Jeez. Uh, tonight we're wrapping up our series we've been doing called Better Together. Who here has heard most of the messages and topics, or either through podcasts or as a part of the worship gathering? Who here has been through most of the series? Okay, um, so. What we've been doing throughout the series, for those of you guys who haven't been here for most of the series, is we've been kind of having a a discussion um, through kind of what does it mean for us as a church, uh, which by church I mean a body of people that come together. What does it mean for us to be in community and how, not only what does scripture say about that, what does God say about that, but also like what is a church, how do we do that locally, like how do we embody what that looks like? And I think we've, I think it's been really helpful for us to really dive in to one of the first things we did, if you were here for week one, we had a whiteboard and we kind of had an open conversation about what are the benefits of being in community, and also just let's be honest, right, like community can be hard. So what makes it hard for us to be in community, what makes it difficult? and the board was messy at the end because all the benefits were in blue and all the things that made community hard were in red and at the end of the day that's the beauty of community is that it's messy and it it involves all those things together, right? And so we kind of had this this discussion from the very beginning about communities hard. Um, Mike shared with us in week two just about how the church has evolved over the last, you know, really century, but uh, or centuries for that matter, but especially within the Western context. It's taken on a lot of different shapes and forms over the last couple of years, um, and each localized community um, in America especially, Embodies that differently. I think within Hampton Roads, we are definitely in a post Christendom society where most people that you interact with on a day to day basis aren't a part of the faith community anymore. Whereas maybe 10 years ago, that wasn't the case. Whereas most people you interact with 10 years ago in Hampton Roads were a part of the faith community, that statement is now opposite. And so that means that if most people aren't in a faith community and aren't really looking for that, what does it mean for the church to go to people rather than invite them to something that they're no longer interested in? And that really helps set the framework for really a, a bigger 10,000-foot level perspective for us as a church as to why do we do what we do, right? And why are we here? What are we What are we doing? Um, as a church staff, uh, the five of us co-leaders, we meet once a month, and we even talked this last uh, a month about just – how hard it can be at times to do shared leadership in a world where for us, everything is very microwaved, um, hierarchical, it's very male dominant. There are so many things that go into the church culture nowadays. And for us, we really feel like we're, part of us being obedient as a church and as a co-leadership team means walking into something that there aren't a lot of reference points for. And the ones that are out there, it's, it's hard. It's really hard at times and that's encouraging on some level like hey we're not the only ones that this can be hard with but it's also hard in the sense of it's just going to be difficult we're taking the long road we're taking the 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 long burn right if you will and so within that as you think about it through the lens of community being better together is going to absolutely cost us something Um, and just to kind of put a bow on kind of the series and kind of move into tonight one of the last things that I shared. Um, during like the the ending closing for us last week was this basic idea that being in community isn't a full-time job it's a way of life and I think for so many of us we think about being in community when we think about what it would cost us we think through man That's another night of the week I've got to go to this thing. That's another night of the week I need to open up my home. That's more money I need to spend to feed other people. You begin to think through the the literal pragmatic parts of what does it mean for me to be in community. And then at the end of the day, you're thinking, that's a whole other full-time job for me. I already have a full-time job. I'm already raising my kids. I'm already doing all these things. Now you want me to also be in community? When I get home from night, I just want to put on the TV and go to bed. Like If I can do that and survive, that's a good day right and now philip you're telling me you want me to be better together in community that's exhausting i don't care if you're an introvert or an extrovert that sounds exhausting at the end of it and part of what we're exploring the lens to expand for all of us here whether you're uh, an missional community leader a co-leader part of our spiritual leadership team uh, a partner at awaken or someone who's just checking us out right now what we're hoping all of us kind of expand in this perspective is What does it truly mean for us to change the way that we do life together? And less of this thing that I do and more about, God, who are you calling me to become in the process? So as I love my neighbor better, it will change how I spend my money. It will change how I free up my schedule. It will change how I I pray, how I have conversations with people. And these things become less of a task-based view and more of a a way of life view and I think that is ultimately where Jesus wants to take us to in this right we talk about spiritual formation quite a bit as a church and we talked about it last week the goal here is not spiritual perfection for yourself the goal was spiritual formation for us communally and the more that we can understand this together honestly the better perspective we're gonna have of what the gospel looks like and what Jesus has called us to and so I say all that kind of as a synopsis to say I think it's been a really awesome series. And if you haven't been here, shameless plug here, I really, really hope that you go back and listen to the weeks that you weren't here or honestly just go back and listen to the whole series because if you want to know what it looks like for us as Awaken to be the church that God's called us to be and to grow, in my opinion, biased as it may be, that series, this series that we've been in, is exactly what we're talking about. If we can do this series and the things in the series well, we will be not only honoring God's greater calling for the Big C Church, but absolutely embodying what that means for us as Awakened Church. And so the metrics for us as a church, they look different. How we assess or how our church grows, the things that we're doing, looks different. Uh, Jeff actually texted our co-leadership team this past week um, And something roughly around 80% of people, am I right, Jefferson, 80%, give or take, around 80% of people right now through a poll, you know, numerous people were polled on this, asked the question, basically posed to them, what is the role of the church today? What is the role of the church? And roughly around 80% of people said the role of the church is to help take care of me and my family. 20% of people approximately said the role of the church is to reach people who are far from Jesus. So what we're basically feeling as a church internally is that we absolutely fall into that camp, as you can tell from the way that we wire our missional communities, how we wire who God's called us to be, that we believe in being the sent ones, being the ones who are called out from where God has us into the places that he wants us, which means that for the average person, they are a part of a church because they go, to receive something. I go for my family and for my kids and for me to get something from the church and when I leave feeling empty-handed I end up feeling like this isn't the church for me anymore. People use phrases like I'm not being fed here anymore. I no longer feel like this is the best place for me and my family and they leave and go somewhere else all to do the same cycle every few years potentially and I'm not sitting here trying to throw shame on other people Who maybe don't have a full picture here or even other churches but the reality is as we continue to become a more post-christendom society in hampton roads there will be a massive divide between people who just simply go to church and people who belong to a community and for us we are doing that proactively now and it's the long hard road but this is why us understanding better together as a dna premise for us absolutely changes not only how we do our gathering like this in a family setting, but how we do missional communities and how we set up our even our church leadership from top to bottom. And so this is a a good, intimate week. Not even everyone's here, right? It's the week after Thanksgiving. We run low, right, on these kind of weeks, and we get that. But I want you guys to, to hopefully be envisioned and hear the heart behind it. This isn't just another, like, hey, that'll be a cool sermon series that we do This is us really hoping to expand your your viewpoint, but also to envision you around where we feel like God has us and where he's taking us to. So I want to have more of an open dialogue for the last few minutes that I'm going to share, and then hopefully you can carry that into your tables. So at the beginning of the series, we had uh, these cards that were up here, uh, these blue cards. There was roughly about 25 to 30 of them that were in here, how many of you guys ever grabbed one of these any week? Anybody ever come up and grab one of these cards? Raise your hand. Anybody? Alright. Just if you're willing to share, what was the card you got and did you do it? And it's okay if the answer is, I didn't do it because I don't like dogs and my car was walking my neighbor's dog, which is one of the ones in there. But, did anyone have a card and actually do what the card said? Anybody? Sure. <laughs> For those of you guys who don't know, she doesn't feel like doing household chores anymore. She is pregnant due really any minute, but in the next two weeks. So understand she's not really looking to do household chores. Awesome. So if you want banana bread, move closer to the rakes because she's handing out banana bread to neighbors. So appreciate you. That's awesome. Good for you. Anybody else have a card that they did what it said? One of the One of the hopes, and I'm not sure if we'll keep this responsive station here but I would just, I would challenge each of us here just from a bigger picture. The cards are just simply small practical things you can do, right? Like a couple of the cards say things like invite a neighbor over for dinner, uh, rakes, rake someone's leaves, buy a cup of coffee for a stranger, right? They're just random little acts of communal kindness that you can do as a way of kind of helping create a conversation or maybe continue a conversation with someone and, and And kind of what does it mean for us to exist in the community side? Throughout this series, we've also posed some questions. And so tonight, during this, uh, I want to kind of revisit a couple of the core questions that for me uh, were, I think, really thought-provoking. And I'm hoping that maybe for you, maybe you're still wrestling through them. Or if you did wrestle through them already, I'd love for you and your table to kind of hear kind of how that went. So one of the big questions that was asked in the series was, do you view your role at Awakened Church as important? Do you view the role that you have in this church as important? What is that role? And I said to everyone, hey, if, you, if your first initial thought is, hey, if I'm not a part of the church or not, honestly, the church won't care. If that's your initial thought, then I would challenge you to say, okay, so what am I then not doing to be a part of the church to where God would absolutely motivate me and and mobilize me into a position where I can my role can be important and I would feel like I'm a part of this church family doing something. Whether that's on the missional community level, whether that's on the personal level of you meeting with people one-on-one, whether that's in a ministry team, whether that's a part of this gathering, right? Wherever God may be calling you to because the reality is if you don't view the role that you have in this church as important, And that's the first really big question is how do we get you to step in and lean into that where God wants you to to be a part of this community? Because each and every one of us in this room and those who aren't able to be here tonight because of it being Thanksgiving weekend absolutely creates this community together. And when someone's not here, we feel it, not just from a a numbers standpoint, but we feel it from a sense of God has created each one of us individuals as unique people. And each one of us brings something different as a as made in the image of God, this Imago Day, we bring that together individually, and something beautiful happens corporately when they come together. So when your fingerprint that God's put on you isn't present in this room, we're missing part of God's fingerprints. Because God uses you in those moments to speak through you and the things that you have to share and the things that God wants to speak through you and in you, other people are then benefited by that. So the first question I would just maybe ask you to recap at your table is, do you feel like your role in this church is important or not? Another big question that we ask you to, re- to think about in this series is how are you creating space in your life for the shared table? Mike talked about in week two this idea of leaving a, a seat at the table open for the non-believer. And I would just say in general, right, finding a space in your life where there's a seat at the table for you to have opportunities where you are regularly sharing your table with other people. Maybe that's once a week. Maybe that's, maybe that's twice a week. Maybe your family picks an night of the week and you say every Wednesday night we're gonna invite someone over. Uh, maybe your MC meets on Wednesday, so you pick a different night, right? Whatever the case is, what does having a shared table look like for you and your family? Because if you're not sharing your table regularly with other people, then it's really hard to create this idea of living in a community together. One of the basic things that God's called us to as a missional minded church is to lean into this idea that we are here sent into the world to be an expression of the gospel everywhere that we go. And if we're not creating opportunities for that to happen around our tables, then we're missing those opportunities ultimately. So if tonight the second question I would ask you to revisit your table is how, how are you doing a shared table? Or two, if you, if you feel convicted by that, what are some of the things that God may be pressing upon you to start doing a shared table? What's an easy goal that you can set that people around your table could hold you accountable to pertaining to the shared table? And the final challenge I want to give you tonight, this is kind of an internal piece for us. I'm going to read a passage of scripture and then I want us to kind of have an open dialogue at your table. How are you looking for ways to practically love people? In your life, we talked about this idea of Acts 1 8, where Jesus kind of sends out the disciples before he ascends to heaven. He talks about this idea that you will receive power when he leaves, and in that, he's going to send out the disciples to Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. This idea of like, think about it from a concentric circle standpoint, right? Your Jerusalem is your local community, it's your awakened church. It's your missional community, the people that God has called you to do life with on the most intimate level with, your Jerusalem. Who is one person in this community that God has called you, maybe from now to the end of the year, to practically love on? Send text messages once a week, have them over for dinner. Who is one person that you are going to pray for regularly, someone that you are going to find ways to go out of your way above and beyond to love them in a very practical way? Then as you think about your Judea and Samaria, the people that you work with that are in your neighborhood, uh, that are people that are maybe are in the missional community, aren't a part of the gathering yet, people that are in your life that don't yet really know the Lord, but are absolutely a part of your community, taking one step further, who is someone in that, in that sphere of influence that you have that God's calling you to, to really reach out and really show the love of Jesus too? Have a shared table experience with them. And then finally, who's the person kind of, you think about the whole picture, right, to the ends of the earth. Who is the one person out there that is far from the Lord and honestly not really connected to much community, but when you see them on Facebook or when you think about something related to them, you just kind of go back, man, I really would love to call that person. I I always somehow find my way just thinking about that person or I just feel drawn to reach out to that person. They're the person maybe at work that you've never really connected with, but they're in your, still your sphere of influence, but they're not a part of your more intimate community. Who is someone in that world that maybe you can be intentional with from now to the, the end of the year? And maybe it's for the next six months. Right? I don't know what it is for you, but figuring out what your Jerusalem, your Judea and Samaria, and what your ends of the earth look like. So three things you can talk about at your table. What's your role and how do you feel like your role in this church is? Is, is it important and vital? That's number one. Number two, wow, this long train of thought. A shared table, how's it going? What do you feel like you can do better? What's a story related to how you're sharing your table right now? And number three, how do you feel like you can lean into this idea of loving someone in all three phases of influence that God's called you to? Your Jerusalem, your Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And pick one of those. And I hope that everyone at the table it can answer one of those questions throughout this conversation. The last thing we're going to do is read a quick passage of Scripture. We read it in this series, and it just gives a lot of practical examples of what does it mean for us as believers to love each other. There's over 50 times in the New Testament where this phrase, one another, comes up in Scripture. And so as we embody these one another's, it's one of the practical ways that we choose to love each other. So let's read it together. As I just lock my iPad. It's Romans chapter 12, verse 9. It says, don't just pretend to love each other, really love them. Hate what is wrong and hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. And when God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Don't curse them, but pray that God will bless them. Be happy with those who are happy and weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with each other and don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people. And don't think you know it all. Never pay back evil with more evil, but do things in such a way that everyone can see you as honorable. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. So again, have a few minutes of discussion, uh, roughly about 10 minutes at your tables, and then we're gonna have a panel discussion after that kind of hopefully sharing maybe within everyone here where you've uh, seen an answer to one of those three questions. Great, thanks. All right, so we're gonna go ahead and bring the conversation back up here to kind of how Uh, We're finished up with what's called a panel discussion. It's really just an open forum for you to get a chance to share anything at your table that you thought was good for everyone to hear, um, or any of the three things uh, that maybe you're still wrestling with from the questions that were asked around creating a shared table, your Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria to the ends of the earth, and also your role at Awaken. So, does anybody have a a follow-up question or a thought they want to share from their table? Anybody? I'll uh, I'll start. So one of the last things we talked about at our table uh, was I was just actually encouraging Steve and Ashley. They, if you guys don't know, host a poker night pretty regularly at their home. And just understanding that as a shared table space has created, those are the people that they target for a Friendsgiving or a Super Bowl party or the next thing. And then maybe from there it would lead to an MC discussion night. Uh, But just thinking through that perspective of how I open up my home, and so maybe for us in the room, maybe it's not a poker night because they do it well, so don't recreate the wheel, just go to their house. But maybe there's something else, you know, uh, a wine night, or, you know, there's something that you and your family will enjoy doing that's, like, a really cool, fun thing you can do. So invite people to it and gather regularly. Um, Shelby's going to host the next wine night, apparently, so she's got it down. So. But whatever it is, uh, f- find a way to invite people into a space where they can just start, start to build community and over time, those same people, and they've been doing that now. Steve, how many years you guys been doing poker? Yeah, three, three years or so, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, at the house, okay. You guys cool. did it
1: in Norfolk too, right? I remember coming to a few, a few big poker nights in Norfolk. Yeah.
0: How many people would you say are in that poker world? Like if you were to send a group chat and invite people out, it would be 20 people, 30 people. Include
1: the birthday bashes too. Uh, usually it's about um, about 10 or so that we have for our weekly consistent game. But to have that kind of consistency, you need to know 20 to 25 people because those even if you have regulars and things like that, people have stuff. They got family stuff. They got events they're going to. They got relaxation or sickness. So just yeah. a, so you actually, even if you're only having a one table game per se, you can reach a lot more people just intermittently when they can come through.
0: So that's on a, just so you guys know, that's a, a pretty weekly Friday night uh, event that happens at the Shesvinner house. So if you want to see how to do a great shared table night, that is a great place. I would say go hang out, let them know uh bring a few bucks and go play poker on our friday night it's a lot of fun uh you'll get to meet a different version of ashley and uh it'll be <laughs> great so sorry she said it i just had to i had to insert what else you guys what else you guys talking about your tables around shared tables reaching people your roles in awaken
1: yeah, we never made it uh, out of the first question at our table, but I feel like that's because we had some really good conversation around that question and kind of dug deeper into it. And uh, I'll share like a surface level thing and then if anybody else wants to add from my table to what, to what I share. But um, we talked a lot about uh, the, the value that we feel like we add to a community um, sometimes gets boiled down to the tasks that we perform. Um, and so if somebody helps out in the booth, you know, well, I, you know, I move a fader up and down, or I click a button, and if I wasn't there, anybody could click that same button, right, Um, but so trying to expand our understanding of that to, okay, you're not just pressing a button, right, you're creating an environment for people to connect with God through worship, and to do so in a way that they're not distracted, they're not drawn out, they're not, you know, we move to a part of the song, and they can't sing because they don't understand, like we help create a seamless environment. And on top of that, any week that you're there performing that role, yeah, if you weren't there, somebody else might be able to also do that role, but because you're there, they're freed up to be able to be more a part of worship and to not be tied to a, a task every single week. And so they're not getting burned out. They're able to be able to uh, rest and to be restored and to experience community outside of the role that they're doing. So, so trying to focus less on the tasks and say, okay, I am these tasks that I perform, and more about how do those things enrich the community and build the community and And so we talked about that with Saturday gatherings, but also uh, in our missional communities as well. Like, what do we bring into those spaces um, and how do we enrich our community there? Um, And again, focusing less on the task-oriented stuff and more, what do those things uh, achieve and what fruit comes from those things in our communities?
0: That's really good. Anybody from the table want to expand? Cool. One of these other two tables you guys want to share? Anything?
1: a thought that came to mind based on a couple of things that were said at our table had me thinking about the fact that sometimes I think that when it comes to my missional community, I forget that that well runs dry of sharing the table if I'm not continuing to go back out and planting myself in other areas as well. Like Daniel mentioned cycling and how he was looking into, otherwise the, the well runs dry, inviting them back to share a table with you. Does that make sense? So that was a challenge just to me that I need to be continuing to expand where I'm going as well because then it becomes just sharing a table with the same people and then we're not growing expanding and multiplying.
0: That's really good. We had a of the conversation actually in our MC recently about it's not you know it's not just about inviting someone it's about where are you putting yourself in the spaces to be able to meet people to hopefully then one day invite them it's um, really helpful really good thoughts anybody else want to share all right cool well let's go ahead and wrap things up for the night um we're going to go ahead and transition now to a time of worship so i'm going to invite the worship team up um i'll take that thank you and uh, just so that you guys are aware, we have uh, the responsive stations. Watch out! Responsive stations um, up here behind me as well. They are a little bit different. Obviously, um, tonight we have the just the confession, repentance, stone washing station. And then, uh, if you again, if you haven't grabbed one of these cards, maybe grab one or two. Again, you don't have to do them in, in seven days, or else like the Lord will smite you. Right? It's not about that. Just something practical uh think through ways to serve other people so maybe grab two or three of them as a family try to figure out how you can do that if you want to don't want to do any other station up here maybe just come grab a card at least before you leave tonight and then of course we have the cross up here as well um, as a way for you to turn some things over to the lord that you have um maybe that are pressing on you your you tonight so want to worship and then finally if you do decide that you want to give tonight through stewardship or generosity um, there's text to give Uh, that information is over at our uh, welcome table there's also envelopes over there as well if you're doing that we're not going to formally collect our giving uh, during our our family gathering tonight so if you do want to do that you can just leave that at the welcome table or come find one of the co-leaders as well um, to give that to one of us so let me go ahead and pray and we'll get ready to stand and and, uh, finish with some worship Holy Spirit, we ask that you would just continue, God, to be in the midst of our conversation as we now worship and have to turn that conversation from each other to one with you about who you are to us, how we need you, the role that you play in our lives, and your desire to send us out as your people. God, for some of us, this week of Thanksgiving is great. It's a lot of stress, a lot of people, a lot of family, a lot of friends. And for some of us, it's hard for the very same reasons. And so, God, however we come tonight, we all desire to posture and aim ourselves back to you to reorient our our lives, to have a spiritual chiropractic moment around just aligning ourselves back to you so that you can then take us this upcoming week and point us into those areas where you've called us to. To show us those people in our Jerusalems, our our Judea and areas, and the people that you've called us to, to the ends of the earth. To be reminded of the role that we have here in this church and how it's not about a task, but about the roles that we create and how we serve each other and, and how we create a shared table. God, however you're speaking to each of us, God, in this moment, would you reorient us in a way that invites us to really lean into this better together idea over the next several weeks? God, I pray against the levels of anxiety, insecurity, and the things that for many of us would prevent us from fully leaning into you in these moments of worship. God, would you tear those things down so that we can all press into you. And whether we choose to sit, stand, engage in a station, grab someone to pray with, or just simply stand quietly in some of these moments, God, we thank you that your presence is alive and active in this space. In Jesus' name, amen. Will you stand in worship?